and welcome back to another episode of the Million Dollar Coach Podcast, joined again by my ever-faithful sidekick, Sam and Ash. How are you guys? Doing great, Lisa. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing doing real well. Sam, how are you? Doing sir? wonderful. I'm I'm super excited to be here again. Yeah, this is uh, this is a fun little project, and we've been getting some super cool feedback on our previous two episodes. So we're 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 on the journey now. We're away. Um, so today, I thought this was a really good chance for us to bat around the concept of a niche, and mm-hmm. it often gets told to entrepreneurs and you know, coaches, you know, you've got to find your niche, your your demographic, who's your target audience or something that you specialize in. Now, I know both of you have been through the journey of trying to find your space and your niche, and it can be a challenging thing. Because when you think about it in coaching context, as well as, you know, in the CrossFit space, every man and their, you know, puppy have got a Instagram account where they're giving tips and tricks and how to move and eat and, you know, they're chopping bananas and doing bar muscle ups. So it can be really hard for somebody to go, well, where do I fit in that? I want to talk about what I know, but it seems very crowded. So big topic, but I know you guys have got some uh, fairly recent experience in this. So, you know, I thought it was a good thing to try and shine some light on to, because this is something that we do cover in the course. And we'll we'll do in the seminar and talk at length about it. But I thought this was a, a good chance for us to just to chat on it, you know, in this format as well. I love it. Well, I think so the biggest shift in understanding that I came across when I went down this rabbit hole was the concept that I I had a niche even when I wasn't aware of it. Um and I and I can just, I can hear like a chorus of people, the, the tens of people who might be listening to this, who are <laughs> being like, well I, well, I don't have a niche. I don't have a niche. And you do, you're just not aware that you do because you don't understand what we mean when we say niche, right? Mm. Um, and like, you know, like I thought that my niche, for example, was gymnastic stuff because I really enjoyed the study of gymnastics and I, you know, pursued an internship with a gymnastics course and, um, and I was like really deep into it. And I, so like, I thought that was my thing, but then I compared myself to other people who were already in the space. And when I think of people who are in the gymnastics space, it's, you know, Pam Gagnon, for example, or Drew Zaro, um, people who are better movers than me and are more established and have been doing it longer. And I'm like, well, son of a gun. Like, I don't, I can't do that. Or, and it was just a chorus of negative, negative stuff coming back. Um, And it, it took me a while to realize that that's not niche, you know? So it's the thing that I like, you know, but it's not niche. And it wasn't my niche, you know, Um, before I give, everything else away yeah and you know some of that can be as well about um it may be a a crowded space say you know you you talk about gymnastics stuff and that you know there's some you know really um, prominent people who are amazing at what they do but then you know 
not necessarily discounting that as a as a niche for some people because your particular slant or angle on it could make it more relatable to some people who feel like, well, I don't move like Drew or Chuck or any of those people. Like, then I, I it's it's hard to relate to, but it could be a different slant. Um, Ash, have you what what are your thoughts on the subject? Um. It's interesting. I actually go back to before I was even a CrossFit coach um, and I was, I was going through, you know, studying for the level one. I was in the, the space in the, you know, health and fitness field as a personal trainer, uh, nutrition coach and yoga instructor. And I remember I, then I finally got my level one and the, guy that was a friend who was at the gym at the time and he was coaching most of the classes I was like I can't do what you do he's like you're not going to he's like you're gonna do what you do and I was like but I haven't coached CrossFit yet and he's like no but you've done plenty of other things that these people in here are going to benefit from and he was like don't be afraid to put yoga in warmups and cool downs. And I was like, huh, mm. never thought of it that way. You know, you, you, you experience the gymnastics course and watch these big stars and the, it's like, oh, those people are who do it. I'm not those people, mm. you know, and I, I came to all these CrossFit classes in my gym at the time. And most of them were with this guy, Carlos. And I'm like, I don't, coach like you coach I don't even communicate like you do and he's like yeah you don't have to and it was like once I was like oh I don't it was just like you know mind bending and um I'll tell you what I I do throw a lot of yoga in our warm-ups and our cool downs of dynamic movement and our athletes are grateful for it because they feel ready <laughs> whether we're using a barbell yeah, or not but that's kind of like, you know, I didn't say a thing about niche there, but that was basically the beginning of me understanding the concept of it is kind of what I'm saying, I guess. And, you know, that is kind of what we're talking about. And I'll flick back to you in a second, Sam, about, you know, what do we mean when we talk about niche, but it's really, you know, finding your voice and your way of, 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 giving information and and value out into the world like we've all been to seminars we've all had different flow masters and some resonate with you we've all had different coaches and some coaches talking you're like I don't know a single thing that you said and then there's others where you're hanging off every word and it just they could be giving you the same information but it's infinitely um, more relatable to you just because of how they're delivering it and finding their voice. We, you know, if we all tried to be copies of Greg Glassman, it'd be a very um, weird little space we'd be in anyway, but be very, very awkward. And like everyone's taken their own interpretation of what CrossFit is and it's, it's passed down. But back to your point earlier, Sam, like when in the context of the million dollar coach um, program, you know, what are we talking about when we talk about, you know, what is niche? Well, so there's, <clears throat> so there's something that you, you actually said earlier, and I want to make sure I touch base on it before we go down that rabbit hole. Like, you, you know, we don't, uh, my slant doesn't have to be the same as anybody else's slant or anything like that. That is so important that it's easy to gloss over it, right? 
Um, Naval Ravikant talks about the value of specific knowledge, right? So if you acquire specific knowledge, then it's easy to create leverage from which you can create wealth, right? When we talk about specific knowledge, we're not talking about things that can be taught, right? So skills like gymnastics or coding or anything else, anybody who can learn those can do those things, right? But specific knowledge is something that only I possess. And another thing that he says is nobody compete, nobody can compete with you on being you. And most of a life, most of life is a search for who and what needs you the most, right? And I think when we talk about niche, we need to highlight that like my, the sum of my lived experiences as I've walked through life and as I've acquired knowledge is the thing that gives me niche, right? And if we can realize that and really with like a diamond sharp clarity, focus in on, you know, for me, my individual niche, Ash's individual niche, Lisa's individual niche, like no one else is going to be able to speak to the people who are going to connect with us. Right. And moreover, I'm not trying to come, I'm not trying to gather the attention of, you know, whatever it is, 5 million people who do CrossFit. That's too big and not specific enough, you know? And so that dovetails nicely into like, what do we do with the MBCP, which is we teach you how to one, identify what is your niche, right? First, what is it? We just covered that Two, how to identify it, how to lean into it, how to figure out what is not yours. Right. And then how to leverage that specific knowledge, that knowledge that you have, that you have acquired, you know, combined with your life experiences that makes you, you makes you unique, makes you valuable and how to through leveraging that ascend your impact in your community and your income alongside that. And that's, that's a really powerful thing, isn't it? Like we, we do talk um, in affiliate a lot about, you know, your story is your superpower. So, you know, Whereas I, in the past, have thought about things that I've been through in my life or things that I've struggled with, whether it be, you know, weight or, you know, movement, I see them as a negative. It's actually being able to work through those things, helping then that equips you to show other people the path through it because, you know, just because I'm not a, a Pat Barber or, a, you know, you know, someone like that, it it doesn't mean that my my coaching would be have less efficacy because, you know, I've walked a certain path that, for example, he hasn't walked, so he can't talk to those things that, you know, I may be able to talk to somebody. And it's about having that, recognizing your life, um, your story is your superpower. And I know I've said that yeah. to both of you guys um, at different times, but that's a big concept to get your head around as well is to look at where your life has taken you and, well, what are the strengths and lessons in that that are going to, help other people. Um, yeah. I've just been through a book and I've recommended it to Ash, which is, you know, um, who the F am I to be a coach uh, by Megan Joe Wilson. And it's very much, there you go. Um, I would send this to everybody I know, but it's very much about like, if I don't tell my story, the people who need me the most will never find me. So there are people out there who need what you can offer but until you can find a way to 
tap into that yourself, then they're not going to get that help or get that information that they need. Well, but there, that's such, you know, you call it a, a powerful shift. It's a paradigm shift. It's a total, like, I, that's a that's a walk out of the cave and see the world from a different perspective type of thing, you know? Mm. And to your point, if I don't tell my story, the people who need my story won't get it, you know, yes, that is true, you know? And there are people who need your story. The only way that I can get to that realization is if I think big enough. Like, I've got to think beyond the 400 people who follow me on Instagram. There are more people than I am capable of quantifying and imagining who will be able to connect with my story. You know, and for me, speaking to your specific, um, to, to specific lived experiences, you know, I am a person who spent over a decade as a drug addict and an alcoholic. And I've been sober now for many, many, many years and very, very grateful for that. Through my drug addiction and alcoholism, I was forced to do a close examination of my life and to, you know, make really hard choices and change my entire life. And now coming out the other side, you know, I've got a, I've got a mentality and a, um, a worldview that allows me to look uncomfortable change in the face and be like, cool, it's another Tuesday. I know that I'm going to get something good on the, on the backside of this. And cool, let's just go charging headfirst into the fire, you know? Mm. And that's a, that's a tremendous gift. Now the acquisition of that gift didn't feel like a gift, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it didn't. but now to your point, there are people who need that. There yeah. are people who are going through similar things may or may, or may not involve substance use disorder. Um, but there are people who need that kind of, experience and i can show them a path and you know i'm never going to learn that you know working with pat barber or working with denise thomas or you know and i love these people those are they're my heroes um but those are things that i can speak to you know yeah there's a lot of there's a, a huge amount of power in that how's that sort of been for you ash in in thinking about that concept and working through your own story and making that realization um i mean i feel like it's been it's definitely challenging uh when you try to pinpoint it and i don't know i mean i could be wrong but i don't know if it ever comes down to an actual pinpoint because like Sam said, it's your cumulative life experiences, right? And we don't stop where we are now. We continue to move forward. So, you know, you're just adding more value to your bank of nicheness. <laughs> there we go. I just, I just uh, coined a new term. Another new word. Another new word. <laughs> nicheness. Dropping value all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think, you know, speaking to what Sam said earlier, I tend to get stuck in the what's of it, you know, what I know, um, and forget about the experience part of it. And, you know, um, realize that 
you know, sometimes it's just something that comes to me, you know, I had a, someone ask if I'd be interested in training their father, who's like 60 something years old and whatever. And he, he just wants to get in shape and I'm happy to help, but I'm like, that's not an interest to me. I don't know how I can relate to him and to serve him to the best of his needs, right? Um, where for my experience, you know, I think I tend to relate more um, to probably men and women that are more middle-aged and, you know, that understand, you know, as soon as somebody comes to me, let's say, for example, with the, the struggle of trying to get it all in because they've got three kids that are in sports and they've got, they're trying to make healthy dinners, but they can't cook all the time. So how do I eat well if I can't cook? And how do I get to work out when I have to work from nine to five and I work 45 minutes away? Like that, now that I can, you know, all right, let's sit down and hash this out. And, uh, We'll come That's up with a solution is. for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and isn't so, it interesting when you come across that, how it lights you up? So when yeah. you, like even just hearing you describe, you know, client A versus this client scenario, your whole facial expression changed. Like just, yeah. it's just subconsciously and you get, you know, then rather than having to go, oh, well, what am I going to teach them or how am I going to do it? It just happens. It just yeah. flows because this is your, you know, this is your gem. This is what you're meant to be doing. And we all have that. It's just tapping into that. And some of that's uncomfortable work. Like, let's face it. It's not like you two have been, as I said at the start, you two have been through this journey as part of, you know, developing the seminar and, and the course. And it's uncomfortable at times. Like through our coaching calls, there've been like uncomfortable pauses and hard questions because you've had to dig around in that and go, instead of trying to find, you know, a lightning bolt from on high that says, yes, this is it. This is my niche. It's like, I, it was a real struggle to get to that point and a bit of self-reflection. And people tend to want to avoid that to a degree because it's like, why do I want to look internally for, you know, I just want to get a thousand, 10,000, a million followers on the gram and make funny yeah. reels all day. Like yeah. be an influencer. And I think um, going back to touch on what, you know, Sam has been sober for quite a long time and went through his journey with drugs and alcohol. And I don't have that journey. I have a journey of, you know, married, young, divorced, wondering how I'm going to kind of make it for myself and the kids. And so like everybody has some kind of journey and it doesn't define you, but it definitely adds to your experiences of how you handle those struggles, how you, what tools you use to get through them. And then, you know, being able to frame that for others and maybe shed some light on people who go through similar things. It might not be the exact same thing, but maybe uh, just the way you look at life is similar. So you can kind of reflect on one another. And even though it might be different experiences because of the way you perceive life, you're able to work through whatever the hard time is with someone else, you know, mm. just based on that kind of perception, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. 
totally. I was somewhere else with that, but I lost it. <laughs> I, get, I saw it real leave. Quick, real quick before I, before I forget it. So both of you said something really interesting, and I want to make sure I touch base on it. Ash, talking when you're talking about, you know, this client who has their father, their father wants to get fit, and you're like, I don't really know if that's my thing. That is such a powerful change. Saying no. Mm, right? Yes. Like when, yeah. when you yeah. hone in on your niche, you have the luxury, not just the luxury, but like the necessity of saying no to things. And not because you can't do them, but because someone else might or probably could do it better and could better serve that person. And when you right. say yes to that person where you will have suboptimal output, you have to say no to someone else who might be able to take advantage of a hundred percent of your output. Right. Right. And so yeah. you're still making positive impact on a life for sure. But the, the breadth and depth of that impact could be greater when you focus in on the thing that, you know, like is your jam, as we've been saying. Um, and it, it's kind of doing them a, a disservice to say yes. 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 You know, yes. And gonna, it, we can know. feel really, yeah, we could feel really guilty mm-hmm. about it, but it's, you know, it would be like if someone came to me, they're like, hey, I got this crick in my neck or in my back. You know, could you just like grab me around the ribs and shake me around? I can absolutely do that, but I'm not going to. Like I'm going <laughs> to do you a disservice if I try yeah. to fix, you know, your back or whatever. I'm going to refer you out. I'm going to refer you to an expert, you know. Mm-hmm. And going back to Lisa's, um, you know, digging in and doing the hard things and finding the hard questions or finding the hard answers. And, you know, why can't it be easy? Why can't we just, you know, receive the lightning bolt from on high? There's clinical studies that prove that humans are really bad with coming up with answers the first time around. And it's this, this entire um, concept in leadership. And I want to say it's called like the first idea fallacy or something like that, where people get excited about the first idea that seems plausible and is not too crazy because they want to be done with the uncomfortableness <laughs> so bad. And mm. like 90% of the time, it is a suboptimal solution. And if people just stick with that uncomfortableness a little bit longer, almost 100% of the time, they end up finding a better solution. And, yeah. you know, to, to, to talk, I guess, to, you know, the, the model at Fitfiliate is by having a coach and having someone who's going to keep you accountable to that process and, just not accept your first, you know, like if someone comes to you and goes, yeah, I just, I can't squat to squat below parallel. That's just the way it is. And you've got a choice to either go, okay, cool. That's just Sam. He can't squat or, you know, being able to sit with them and go, but why, why is, why are you resistant <laughs> to that? Why is that uncomfortable for you? Yeah. Well, it's not biomechanical. You can do it. So yeah. let's talk about the other reasons and, you know, having that person who will take the time, to dig into that with you. And it's funny what you say in your point, Ash, where you're talking about, you know, it's our story and our continuing lived experience. Part of my um, other role that I do outside of Fitfiliate is, is mindset coaching. And someone asked me the other day, oh, so what university degree have you done? I went, well, I've lived. And, <laughs> you know, I've done a lot of things in life and been through a lot of experiences that I've then worked back through. So, I understand the tools that I've used that have been powerful and I can then explain those tools in a different way to people. They're like, oh, so you haven't studied. I went, I've done 48 years of 
study (laughs) (laughs) you know and it is it's it's that power of that lived experience you we talk about people who are book smart versus people who are you know real world practical smart and there's very much a different you could read all the books but it doesn't mean i can read the books and understand the theory of recovery and sobriety and all of that stuff but i certainly couldn't talk to it with any great um ability to relate to the actual experience because i haven't walked it Mm. i've got you know no concept except third-hand information which really that's that's going to do that person a disservice yeah. And I think it's also a powerful thing for even the broader, like as an affiliate to think about is, you know, it's like, I need more leads. I need more people, you know, I need to fill the boat, but figuring out what people you can genuinely serve the best. And then you realize very quickly, oh, there's enough. Like yeah. you, to your point, Sam, you're talking about 5 million people, you know, doing CrossFit. Well, you don't want to serve all 5 million people. You know, in reality, you know, the number, the percentage you want of that is very small as, a, as an affiliate owner. And you look around your area and go, ah, oh, there's enough for everybody. And it yeah. completely changes who you're looking for and how you're able to serve them and, and provide value rather than just yeah. being a catch-all. Yeah. One, you know, I, I, there's a shout-out to a guy named Jack Butcher on Twitter and on Instagram. He has a fantastic Instagram called Visualize Value. And it if you don't if you've never seen it, go peruse, spend a bunch of time on that Instagram page. It will not be wasted. Um one of his favorite designs is a whole bunch of small dots across the screen and they're only about that big. And then the next one is fewer dots this way, but one dot in the middle is slightly higher. And then the third one is one dot and it's really tall. And the, the concept that he's communicating there is, you know, don't go wide, go deep. Mm-hmm. And if I'm looking to reach 5 million people, my, you know, I, it's going to be like the Kardashians. It's going to be very surface level. I'm not actually interacting with anybody, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I know the demographic of people whose lives I can change, Right. The, you know, having worked in affiliates and having worked with now hundreds of clients, I know that there's a subset of guys, you know, who are in their middle 30s, you know, into their 40s, you know, maybe they're married with kids, maybe they're divorced, maybe they are, you know, they were a college athlete and they miss that thing where they just know their body is capable and it's, you know, life has changed. Life has gotten in the way. I can take that person and I can change their life in 12 weeks. And I can say that with no sense of hyperbole or, you know, boastfulness or anything like that. I have that experience. I know how to affect that change. But if I'm trying to do that for every male age 18 to 60, like one, I just don't know that to be the case. And then two, I'm not going to be able to go deep with people in the way that I know they actually need to, even if they don't know they need to. Mm. Yeah. And that's, that's, uh, that's a real um, uh, light bulb, you know, when you, when you discover that and it then also, and I know it's part of the course and, you know, that's not what this topic is on today, but it's about being able to communicate. So people know that when you are speaking to them, whether it be through, 
an image and, and written text or a video, whether that's authentic or whether, like you said, um, Kardashian, it's just surface level. So when they're doing a video and they're saying, hey, guys, hey, followers, like I don't think they're talking to me. <laughs> they're, they're definitely not talking to me. Right. Whereas, whereas, you know, sometimes, you know, I've seen a video that Chuck's done or, you know, even some of your stuff, Sam, that you've put out and it's like, you know, oh, I feel like that they're talking to me. Affiliate would write articles and I would look at it and go, are they looking at my stuff? Like, have they been reading my emails? Like, you know that that's authentic and coming from a place of, you know, understanding that rather than, you know, hey, I've just got 800 million followers, yay me, don't know who any of them are. Yeah. So I think that that's a really, a really big um, moment when you can figure that out and you can then be really be authentic when you find your voice yeah. and be able to communicate effectively, which is one of the next steps in, you know, yeah. the, the pillars to ascending to be really, a, you know, a, a truly great coach. Yeah. And you said something earlier about um, just kind of jumping back, you know, it's not comfortable <laughs> um, and having to sit in that discomfort. Um, I just did a post on that yesterday Um and it's, it, there's like, there's no avoiding the discomfort. It's just trusting and knowing that if you continue to work and stay true to yourself through that discomfort, you know, and whether that is, means that you're crying, you're angry or whatever. And you're like, this is not me. I don't know what's going on. You're in something, you're going through it, right? Feel it when you feel it, recognize it, acknowledge it, let it be, and just continue to, to focus on, on you and your experience and kind of ask yourself, okay, well, how did I pull forward last time? How can I, you know, take what is happening here and, and take a step in the direction I want to go because all of that discomfort is serving you and it, it's going to push you forward to some of those answers of your your niche, if you will. Yeah, One that's... Be... Go, go on, ahead, Sam. Well, I was um... being able to identify <laughs> that moment and recognize it as, a, as like a lesson and like step out of that moment and look at the big picture, like... Mm. God, I, I, there's so many times I wish I could go back and just like be a little more aware instead of sitting in my shit and just like being angry and pissed and, you know, but I probably, I, I wouldn't have been ready to understand if future me went back to me in the past and be like, no, 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 this is a really good thing. I would have flipped him the bird both hands and been like this is the worst thing in, in the world and why are you lying to me yeah, anyone who anyone who tells you that true growth is easy or can be made easy is mm. lying and trying to tell you something i mm -hmm. i say that as my own personal opinion it's not the views of fit affiliate um yeah. <laughs> but, but i i think the the saving grace is having a coach and you could maybe you don't have to use the word coach having a mentor, having mm -hmm. a guide, having someone who will be honest with you, who can help, who can be like, I've been here. I know, like, I know it seems dark. I know the way through the dark, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and the fact that I'm here shows you there's a way through. 
Yeah, exactly. I've come yeah. back into the dark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, as we tend to dismiss the story of our life and the, and the things that we've been through as something to hide from or be ashamed of or, mm-hmm. you know, it would be very easy, for example, you know, for you, Sam, to never talk about, you know, your journey through so- sobriety and recovery. You like the, the, you could go through life and and still do your recovery process, but not, you know, put it out there to the world. Yeah. Um, you know, Ash, same as you. You could go, oh well, I failed in a marriage and and stuff. Even me in my own life, you know, there are things that you could want to hide from, but when you have a coach or a mentor or, you know, someone who's going to sit there with you and go help you take the time to reflect and, and sit with you in the uncomfortable space, because as humans, we want to avoid that. Um, you know, no one wants to eat their Brussels sprouts, their broccoli and drink more water. It's like, you know, we, we want something that's going to be a quick fix for us. And, you know, no one wants to work out unless maybe you're rich froning or tear, but we do it because we know it's good for us and we have to do it. But, and it's the same as these other processes working through your story, which is true for anyone in life, but for coaches, it's such a powerful lever that they can pull to launch their success by embracing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to touch, Sam said, you know, he wishes, he sometimes wishes you could go back to that angry version of you when you were in it and acknowledge and be like, trust me, you need this. But like the bottom line, I mean, we've all, I'm sure seen some movie or something on time travel. And what's the number one rule? You can't be seen, you can't fuck with anything. You can't interact right? with your previous self. Uh, yeah, no. you can't fuck with it because it, it brings you to who you are. So like mm. even, you know, I know there were times I was on calls with you, Lisa, and I was like, I know this isn't me. I, I know I can pull through this and I know I'll figure this out, but it's really frustrating because I just feel lost and like a failure. Mm. But I had to feel that way. I knew yeah. I didn't say I was a failure. I was feeling that way, but I and, had to. I didn't like and in, it. And in those calls, we weren't, I wasn't placating you and saying, well, no, you're not a failure. No, you're not this. It's like, okay. Where is this feeling coming from? Where is it why taking you? Feel like, that? Yeah. Why do you feel that? Rather than they're there, you know, it's okay. You'll be better. And, you know, it's interesting talking about that that stuff like, Sam, you mentioned if you could go back. You know, um, my partner and I often talk about, well, we wish we'd met each other earlier. And I went, but we weren't ready to have yeah. the kind of relationship we have now. If I'd met her 20 years ago before I'd even reconciled who I was, yeah. it would have been an absolute shit show. And right? we couldn't, could not. So whilst I feel like, oh, I feel like, you know, we're halfway through our lives, like, yeah. but we, we, both of us were not ready to be able to be open and vulnerable and authentic and, and who we are in this relationship now without yeah. going through all of those other lessons that helped us identify who we are and what we want and you just it's only by now looking back you're like yeah well I wish but we would have completely fucked it up totally it would have like yeah so it's it's a really interesting perspective to look on like yeah I wish I could appreciate those lessons but you can in reflection and it's a safer space than when you're in the middle of the storm there's Mm. no point putting your head out in the middle of the storm going oh is it still raining like just wait for it to pass and then you can assess like what's the damage what's going to happen next 
you know, which and it's, is, you know. I can identify as a, as a guy coming into CrossFit, you know, in my thirties, I feel like I missed so much. Like there was so much wasted time, you know, but to your point, um, I wasn't ready, wouldn't have been ready and probably would have mucked it up. You know, had I had to, had I tried to come in before I was ready and, for anybody who's listening to this to kind of bring this back to coaches and niche and stuff like that, like I would encourage you to reflect back on your life and pull in someone who is a close confidant, someone who whose opinion you trust and be like, Hey, what am I really good at? You know, mm. because almost certainly like if you're like most human beings, you don't see yourself clearly and mm. will downplay your positive aspects as we, all of us are so, prone to doing and upplay your negative aspects. I don't think upplay is a word. Um, and, We're all about know, lots, of words, lots of words created today. Hey, all words are made up. Um, so getting like getting to that, that thing where you start to recognize like through self-reflection or working with another person, what did I have to go through? Right. How did I get to where I am? And, you know, probably there was something that was negative or uncomfortable that helped you get there. Like start there, mm. start there as one possible place to kind of suss out um, what or where your niche begins. Mm. Um, go ahead, Ash. Um, I was just going to add to that. And, you know, sometimes I know in my experience, sometimes it's easier to figure to start with what it's not, mm. right? Like, you know, knowing um, what you what you don't want to specialize in, what doesn't bring you joy. Um, because mm. as Lisa said, you know, as you said earlier, when I started talking about the other client, like I, I lit up and, you know, I've heard that before when I'm doing the things that I truly love. Um, I'm in my element and other people bring the awareness to me of that as well. So it's, you know, sometimes it's like pay attention to those things when people mm. notice that about you. And sometimes it's okay to just start with knowing what you're not, what, what's mm. not your niche, what's not your thing. And, and don't be, so I'll, I'll, I'll speak to my own experience. I, I had this fear as I was starting to, to work through this stuff because I had created what I thought was a persona of a person who was a high level coach and had experience in this and the focus in this. And when I started to look at a niche and look back at some of my experiences and other things that I had um, some superpowers in quote unquote, I was, I was scared because they didn't jive or align with the persona I had created with myself. And I didn't know how to reconcile that. And it took me a while of just turning it over in my head over and over and over again before I realized that like, first of all, they did, they aligned. They just didn't align from the perspective that I had sat myself in. And I had mm. to, I had to shift my thinking and think bigger, think broader, be more open-minded and be willing to, to, to let go of some of those preconceived notions of myself. You know, and once I did, I feel more capable as a professional now mm. than 
I ever could have been because of that perspective and paradigm shift. Yeah. And that's a, that's a really big one is to be able to, to have that. It's okay to have the niche, but then also not go, well, this is it. This is, you know, my one person, my one type of person that I'm going to serve because that's taking it to the other extreme, you know, that really limits your, your potential and your, and your scope. Mm. But again, I think, you know, today's conversation really does come back to, you know, we are humans and we are 10, we can very quickly list off what we're not good at. And we did an exercise yesterday uh, in a group call with some of our, our clients at Fitfiliate. And it was like, tell us what your superpower is. The room was silence. Like the call was silent because we're very quick to say what we, where we're failing or where we feel like we're failing, like where we're falling down, not so much. Well, yeah, I'm actually really good at this. And we, it took some work to extract that. But if you can sit with somebody who can, who is not emotionally attached to the outcome and has no investment in, you know, whatever you come up with. So they're, they're not going to be butt hurt or put out either way, but if they can sit there and, you still have enough respect with them that they can say, well, this is definitely not what you're great at. You can do it, but it doesn't light you up. It doesn't, you know, fire mm-hmm. you up. But here's where I see your strengths are and start to talk on those. And it's like the old Murray Kondo thing, you know, if something doesn't spark joy, throw it away. And she's not, that doesn't just apply to your socks and jocks. That applies to <laughs> what you do well, in life, you know? Well, what's cool about that is, and also, if you haven't Marie Kondo, like go watch that series. It's 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 really cool. I think what was that early twenty twenty or whatever? Yeah, it was it was yeah. in pandemic. Um, the whole thing was if it doesn't spark joy, remove it. But before mm-hmm. you remove it, you have to thank it for being in your life, mm-hmm. right? And I I think it's that's perfect. an interesting thing. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. sometimes a gift. Mm-hmm. The point of a gift is for it to have been given, not to be kept. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's, and you said not to attach to the, you know, the emotion or anything from it. And it's also, you know, sometimes, you know, I know you guys were with me on this journey. I kind of attached to a direction that I thought I was going with my, my niche and my skills and it didn't really pan out and it took a while to get over to get through that, I should say. Um, and I wouldn't say I got over it, but I got through it because I learned that that journey that I had placed an expectation on for me to go wasn't going to allow me to serve my niche and to serve what I needed to. Um, but it, it took a long time. You know, it, it took a lot of uncomfortable <laughs> conversations and, and, uh, and it's okay to yeah. to realize that well, this thing I thought I wanted isn't really a thing, and that's okay. It's it's okay to want something, and then realize that actually this isn't a great fit. I mean, we've all wanted that pair of skinny jeans or something, and you put it on, you're like, well, actually, this is not good for me. But you persist. They look great on Sam, but they look great. But you keep trying to make it fit. 
I was in a band in high school. I went through my skinny jean phase. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very happy to say that squatting has uh, fixed me from being able to wear skinny jeans. <laughs> all, all the pluses. But, you know, we've yes. all tried to, to do something which we're like, nah. And you, you just got to admit it's not for you. Like, yeah. you know, oh. it's, it's not for you. So, right. and then be okay with that and be okay with the journey of exploring and actually grab some joy from that that journey and grab some empowerment from it's a process like everything else we didn't walk into a crossfit gym and start snatching on day one you know no one you know is a natural at overhead squatting because it's awkward and uncomfortable and shows us where we're deficient but if we keep working at it we get better and it's the same as this this is awkward and uncomfortable but you get better Mm. you say you said something really important you know, we've got to be okay with just letting go of that. I don't know a mm. single human being who is okay with letting go of something the first time around, right? Yeah, you know, yes. I, I, you know, I come into a CrossFit gym. I have this. I'm a first time CrossFitter. I have this view of fitness, and then someone makes me do Helen, and all of a sudden, I have no idea what fitness is, right? <laughs> and it would be real easy for me to hold on to that persona of myself. But I had help. I had a coach. I had a person who helped me contextualize my experience and see where I was on the journey, right? Like it's through working with someone who's done these things and who understands the bigger picture that we we get permission to let go of that crap, right? Mm. And it's the same thing with this journey, you know, having – attempting to suss out a niche attempting to work with um a coaching professional who can help you realize that that thing that you tried to do that was a quote-unquote failure like it was not a failure it was a data acquisition method and you realize Mm -hmm. that that thing that you tried to do was not what you were supposed to be doing you know Mm -hmm. and it gets easier to let that stuff go when you've got someone else who says I've been here before and I did the same thing. This is how it worked out for me, you know? And Mm. like, I don't know a single person who does that all the time, like batting a thousand on just being like super emotionally healthy and, you know, being like, (laughs) Oh, that worked out or it didn't work out. No problem. (laughs) No one in my room here that went that applies to, I can tell you for sure. Sam, that was very well said. Yes. So I think that this has been a really good chat, guys, in understanding that it's okay for the things not to come to you straight up, but that it's important to dig and that there's room for everybody in the space. Yeah. And once you find your voice, it's a it's a really powerful vehicle. And, you know, that's part of the work that we're doing through this project and the podcast by shining light on things and maybe helping people, you know, ask more questions or to think a little more or, you know, if you have more questions, reach out. We're here to talk. We're here to help. And um, it's all just part of the process. So thanks for your time, team. Um, it's good Thank to see you, you both. And yeah. I look forward to our next chat. Absolutely. Thank you so yeah. much, Lisa.